The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. It is that time again, and welcome once again to Afternoons with Mike, heard daily here on the Shepherd Radio Network. I'm uh, privileged. I'm one of these guys that get to talk to people all over the place from all walks of life. I've had politicians like senators, and I've had congressmen and state reps, and then I've had guitar players. Today, I think this is the first time, well, actually, it's the second time I have to Remember that I did have one other performer at a local park that uh, was on my program. Today, though, is the first time I've ever had a, a blues brother on my program. I have with me today Eric Floyd, and we'll talk a little bit about what he does. Uh, that's not what identifies him. I, I, I would say his identity is not in what he does in the parks for entertainment purposes. This man loves Jesus and he is full of a desire for the kingdom of God. So with that as an introduction, Eric Floyd, welcome to my program. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. I could not be more honored to be here today. Now, I found you, I, I you know, like many people who are on LinkedIn, uh, I don't exactly know what happened or what, but uh, I'm sometimes tagged in that service. I don't use it every day like a lot of people do, and it's an important thing but uh, all of a sudden, your face popped up on my feed, probably because of the fact that you're also part of the Christian chamber, and I know how these algorithms work, and they bring you up. And I've, I, st- I started reading about you, and I thought, I've seen this guy before at some of the chamber meetings, I'm pretty sure. So I reached out to you and just said, hey, let's connect, and, and here we are. So glad that you accepted that connection. Oh, well, I mean, I, like I said, I couldn't be more honored. And like you say, I think we probably met through the uh, United States Christian Chamber of Commerce and what an absolutely fabulous organization that is. Uh, the president over there, Crystal Parker, a mutual friend yeah, of ours. Yeah. We are just so uh, thankful and grateful to be under her leadership. I mean, she's a leader I would follow anywhere. And just to give her a shout out real quick, you know, leaders like a person like Crystal who has so many things going on, you know, she doesn't have to give a person like me the time of day, but because she has a million things going on, a million irons in the fire. But, you know, I have a small podcast that I do, a Christian podcast, and she's the type of person that will take the time out to contact me and said, hey, I listened to your last episode. Great job. Keep up the good work. So I just wanted to give her a shout out. And she's just such an excellent leader and just such an asset to the chamber. I agree with you. And she makes everyone feel when she's talking to them like they're the most important person in the world yeah. to her. And that is really a gift, isn't it? Absolutely. Like I said, um, leaders, like I said, she's an apex leader. I mean, here's a, an, an individual. She went to Harvard Business School. I mean, she, she was, uh, <laughs> you know. It's too high, bad she didn't have any uh, training at all, right? <laughs> High-ranking official <laughs> in a Fortune 200 oil and gas company, yeah. like I said. Um, but, you know, she takes the time. It's not just when you're an apex leader. It's not just about the big picture. She pays attention to the little details, and that's what makes her a great leader. Well, actually, this is going to be played on this very Monday that leads up to the Christian Expo, the U.S. Christian Chamber Expo. 
And it's going to be done at First Baptist on Friday and uh, Thursday and Friday, the 13th and 14th, I think are the dates. Is that right? Absolutely. And um, I mean, what a lineup they have. And I, I just want to first and foremost mention that it's going to be absolutely free to the public on that Friday from eight to five. I believe that's the 14th. That's the expo. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absolutely the expo floor. There's going to be, you know, dozens of booths set up with Christian businesses showcasing what they have. So we just encourage the public, come check it out. It's a free resource. Connect with your fellow Christian business people, make contacts and do kingdom commerce there. And I'm going to be there with the shepherd table and we'll have our microphones set up. It will look very similar to what we have right here in the studio. And I'm going to be busy. I'm taking lots of water to drink lots of water because I'm going to be talking all day. <laughs> it feels that way. And it's going to be so much fun recording uh, f- programs from there and uh, taking full advantage. Like you said, that part is free. So the public is going to be able to come in. You're going to be there with a ministry booth f- with uh, Pastor David, right? Yeah, I'm teamed up with an organization called Oasis of Hope and they rescue children from abject poverty. They are located in Colombia. Their ministry spans across the entire Atlantic coast of Colombia. A gentleman, he is an Englishman, he, but he is a missionary from England. He oversees the organization that is Pastor David Taylor. And this guy's story is unbelievable. I had the privilege of having him on my podcast, and I named the title of that episode, The Fruits of Obedience, because here's a guy, and his backstory is unbelievable. Um, but here is a guy, he took one word from the Lord and the Lord really showed him a vision. I want you in Colombia doing ministry work down there. He showed up in Colombia, but nothing but a suitcase and his Manchester United Jersey. And so many (laughs) years later, he oversees a multi-million dollar, um, organization that helps so many kids, gives them Christian education, food, you know, the Bible, the whole nine yards. There isn't an individual I respect more in my life. His backstory is just unbelievable. And here's another example. We talked about Crystal. Here is an apex leader the other day. And I support his ministry for a very small uh, financial amount every month. But he took the time to reach out to me and say, hey, we appreciate that. You know, because every little drop here, it adds to the ocean. Anybody who gives to this ministry, their fingerprints are all over this ministry. So it's just another, another example for leaders out there. It is about the big picture. And you have so many things going on in Irons in the Fire. But take time to appreciate the team around you. It's cliche-ish, but teamwork makes the dream work. And you're going to be working with him at that booth, right? Yes, I'm going to have the privilege of manning the expo, uh, manning the uh, the booth at the expo for the two days with another gentleman. He's a realtor in town, a Christian realtor. I'll give him a shout out named Anderson Zamora. And he's been on this show. Uh, Just such a servant's heart and another person I respect so much. And hey, if you're looking for a house, you know, or buy or sell, contact him. But me and him and Pastor David will be working uh, the boots. So come on in. It's free on Friday from eight to five and say, Hey, well, I won't be able to get all three of you at once because you're working the booth as I am, but you'll have to stop by our shepherd booth and, uh, we'll, we'll have to talk then too. I think there's just so many things that are going to happen at the expo. I think the gist of the expo, yeah, we're going to do kingdom commerce. We want to, you know, connect Christian leaders in business, but so many other things I feel are going to happen. And I, that's why I feel it's such a good opportunity for people to go. Um, you can get, you know, it's free to the public, the expo floor. If you want to hear the speakers that day, you can check out the information at uschristianchamber.com. But Crystal was telling me even last year on the first edition of the expo, 
there were marriages there that were healed. Mm -hmm. There were deliverances. There were healings. So, you know, we can't put God in a box. I mean, this is a Christian business expo, but God's going to be there just raining down his grace and mercy on people in all kinds of capacities. And so that it's just another reason you know, to fellowship. And it, it's just going to be such a powerful time. And for those registered, they get to hear Mac Powell on Thursday night. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, former singer of Third Day. And he's going to do, he's going to be unplugged. Uh, Crystal was telling me. So yeah. it's just going to be absolutely. And they're starting it off the right way. We want to start it off with worship, usher in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, that just sets the whole tone for everything. It really does. It's going to be held at Faith Hall at First Baptist, First Orlando. And uh, again, the Friday event, as you've heard Eric say, is open to the public, no admission charge. Come on over. Do you have those hours right in front of you that the expo will be going on? Uh, Friday the 14th, it's definitely from 8 to 5. And Thursday, uh, it's not open to the public. You have to get tickets for that. In the morning, I believe the registration starts at 7. There is a women's conference that kicks it off. I want to say it's 7 mm -hmm. to 11. And then the expoers, like myself, we come in and we'll set up our booths after they leave from 11 to 4. And then at 4 o'clock, um, on to, I believe it's six. That's when the VIP people come in. Mm -hmm. They see what we're all about and there's some networking in there. So like I said, the big day though, I believe with all the speakers and uh, really the free admission to the floor, that's that Friday from eight yep. to five. Well, friends, if you have any questions about that, you've heard that web address, uschristianchamber.com and you can check that out. Eric Floyd is my guest. I mentioned at the... Uh, outside of this segment that Eric is an entertainer by trade uh, and has been now for many years uh, down at Universal. And if anybody has been to Universal, they'll know that outside of some of these really cool buildings like Brownstone Flats is what they look like, or uh, maybe areas of New York, you feel like you're right in the big city when you're down there and walking through and there's all sorts of just fun and really hilarious type of skits, street actors, and you guys are part of that. So why don't you kind of give us, if you will, uh, let's, let's start first of all with you. How did you come to know the Lord in the beginning? And then we'll transition to how you became an entertainer at Universal. I have a very simple testimony. I think it's similar to a lot. I was raised Roman Catholic in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, I always had a God conscious from day one. From as far back as I can remember, there was a God conscious there. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church did not always, I would say, in respect to anybody out there who's Roman Catholic or practices, it did not always maybe fill the void I was looking for. Um, I would say in my early 20s and late 30s when I kind of went away from that, I was definitely out in the world. And um, I would say about 13 or 14 years ago, I had a few friends who were attending a Bible study at a very small plant church and they kind of said come on come on come check it out come check it out and i remember if i can just say this to encourage some people there was a piece of me in that moment that said i don't want to do this thing halfway i'm not a hypocrite you know so it's like i'm either going to go all the way with this or i don't want any part of it and so when i took that first step that was really my prayer so lord i want to go with this all if we're going to go I want to go with you all the way or i want to do i want to have none of this i'm going back from where i came from so that has always kind of been the viewpoint I've taken in my walk. And, and praise God, there's been a lot of, you know, hills and valleys in it. But praise God, he has definitely, by his grace, led mm -hmm. me through the whole process. 
Yeah, you know, people grow up with a, a traditional uh, a kind of view of religion, and there's this notion that if I'm part of that uh, tradition, if I attend some of the services, it doesn't have to be every week or whatever, that everything is cool and copacetti. They fail to see that the relational aspect with God and with the Savior, and that's really the, the key thing, isn't it? Jesus did not die for religion. Yeah. You know, Jesus died so that we could have a relationship with God through him. And this is something we we need to or if, you know, it's authentic, I hope that we're doing every day. You know, back in Bible times, Christianity it was called the way. You know, this is a way of life. This is what we do. It's and I I think just another encouragement I want to give there's nothing too small for God. I feel like, you know, we only bring God into things that are these big things. We have a health problem, financial problem, our marriage is falling apart. But when I sit in front of my closet in the morning, I'm like, God, what shirt do you want me to wear? You know, because I feel we honor God when we bring him into the little things. And the most amazing thing about God is that you ever notice when you go to God, there's not a line? You know, God is <laughs> omnipresent. I mean, so, it's, right. so we don't have to wait. We don't have to take a number like we're at the Publix Deli. I mean, he's there and I can go to the throne of grace anytime I want with anything. I mean, my prayer time, I, there's so many things, little things I bring in front of God. But if, man, I'm telling you, people who are listening, if it's important to you, it's important to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree completely. I love that uh, expression that we never have to stand in line. We have a direct line. We have like the hotline to God if we go. And he's always there, always willing and so ready to talk to us, give us those directions. That's that's awesome. So you uh, you found that uh, missing piece in your heart. And then I know that just uh, like all of us, uh, there are struggles in life. And you found your way, though, into a career that is a little unusual, a lot of fun. I know because I've seen your videos, man. And I, I love the story. I know that you said you were looking for a job and you answered, uh, I guess, an ad and you went to Universal and you have to audition when you go there. What was all of that like? Oh, uh, it's very funny. So I came up, I grew up in Sarasota, but I came up to Orlando to attend UCF to finish out my business degree. I was looking, I came up here, of course, I needed a job. And back in those days, there were one ads. And there was an ad for a character audition at Universal. And the guy I was living with at the time, he said, hey, I'm going to go to this audition. You should come. I'm like, I don't know, man. But long story short, I went. And uh, it's so funny. I'm, I'll tell the story. So I was in this audition hall called Starlight Audition Hall over there on Kirkman. And I went into the audition and they made you do a short dance combination. I had no idea what I was doing. I was in there with four females. They were all dancers, so the dance instructor went up there and said, okay, do this combination, do this, do this. And so the four girls to my right, they started doing the routine. And I looked at them, and I started laughing. I'm like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. I'm leaving. And so I started to walk out in the middle of the audition. And the woman there who was doing the hiring, she stopped me, and she said, hey, see if you can walk in those Frankenstein boots. And I'm just like, Okay, and so I put those on. I walked once around the rehearsal hall, and she hired me because they were looking for a Frankenstein animated character at the time. That's the role I started at Universal, but that is literally my audition <laughs> and how I got into Universal Studios. Now, part of the reason why they were, uh, I'm sure, looking at you as a potential, you're a tall dude. How tall are you? 
I'm 6'4", and praise God, I mean, my height is one of my greatest assets. Um, you know, I think we all have physicalities about our body that we don't like. You know, we look in the mirror, I can't stand this, I can't stand that. But I am grateful for my height because it has definitely opened a lot of doors for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, you got that role, and uh, you were able to walk in those boots, and there you go. These Those boots were made for walking and hiring, man. That's what, that's what happened right there. But you didn't stay as Frankenstein. Now, how long did you do that? I did animated characters for about seven years, and, I, you know, the way the entertainment world works at Universal, the actor A roles, those are face roles that, you know, they talk live. Your Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe's, etc. Your Blues Brothers, uh, the Scooby Gang, those roles are all contracted. And so you have two performers who make up the week. And one person will take four days and the other person will take three days. And so when you're an animated character, you're kind of on the uh, lower on the totem pole, mm -hmm. let's say. So you have to audition for those roles. So I ended up getting Blues Brothers, uh, the audition in 1998. So I've done this show since 1998. That's but, incredible. But I've only been contracted in that role for about 15 years. You have to start off at what, at what they call a casual, a fill in a swing. Mm -hmm, right. And then you pretty much, man, you just got to wait your turn, you know, for, for people above you to, you know, they move on or, or whatever happens. So I waited a long time for a contract. But um, like I say, I, I would say I've been working as a contracted performer about 15 years. That's wonderful. And again, this role is hilarious. We'll be talking a, a little bit more about that in, in a moment. But uh, going back to that process, uh, tell us a little bit about what, what it's like. What did they ask of you to audition for that role? Uh, well, like my role, and there's a lot of people out there who might not even know what the Blues Brothers is now. I mean, the movie came out in 1980, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi. Um, you know, Dan Aykroyd still does the gig in some capacity sometimes with Jim Belushi, John's brother. But um, it's just one of those things, you know, they'll hold the open audition. And then a lot of people just say, you just watch the movie and, and you'll take a clip out of the movie and you go in and you try to make that clip come to life. What I did, I did Everybody Needs Somebody to Love. That's the famous concert scene in the movie. So, you know, studied the choreography from the movie, uh, tried to learn some harmonica riffs, went in, and that was my audition. And you nailed it, I am sure. And you've been doing it all these years. So, friends, you can find uh, Eric by just going to the Blues Brothers Universal. And uh, look at YouTube, and you're going to find him. He, a little hint, he's the tall one. Okay. All right. That, uh, that's enough said. You play Elwood, and that is uh, Dan Aykroyd's part. And I've got to see if maybe if you'll just, during the break, well, we can talk about it. But I'd love for you to do just a little bit of that, uh, of, of your talking, because it's hilarious all by itself. My guest today is Eric Floyd. We'll be back with Eric in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. 
having the time of my life today with my guest, Eric Floyd. If you've just tuned in, Eric is a performer at Universal, and he plays the role of Elwood, the blues brother uh, of the team uh, at Universal. So he's a street performer in a real sense, but they get to perform. And in Florida, I'll tell you what, you work hard. You, as someone said, you work hard for your money in Florida, being outdoors, and you're not a guy that goes up there and just stands at a microphone and sings. I mean, dude, you're moving. You're dancing. I don't know how you do it. It's a very physical role. Uh, like uh, we were talking on the break, there'll be some guests that will come up. Oh, you got the greatest job and this. And I'm always want to say, you know, come see me in August when it's 110 and the humidity factor is off the chain. And it's a very physical role. I mean, but people love, I mean, the guests love us because if I can just be transparent, it's like, People, I feel for some reason, they're gravitated to the outlaw character. And, and those two characters, they're outlaw characters, but they're trying to do something good. Yeah, You know, right. it's the famous That's thing. the idea. They're it, trying to trying to redeem themselves somehow. It's the famous line, you know, we're on a mission from Gad, yeah. you know, and it's just like, and, and it's cool because I'll, you know, I'll just say it. I think that's the only place in the park where God is mentioned and it, it's cool. I get to do it. I mean, and. I believe in divine appointments and divine timing, and he has me in that role for a reason. So mm-hmm. we try to, you know, I try to bring him glory. So, did you watch that movie before you ever auditioned for this role? I think I watched that movie a hundred times. I mean, on TBS as a kid, so that was a movie that I was very familiar with all the time. It's a hilarious movie, and it's got some uh, parts of it a little bit uh, on the edge for for some of our listeners, but not too bad. And it is, um, it is really. Uh, a, a great program of characters. I mean, those two main leads, those guys are hilarious. Yeah, you know, the Blues Brothers really breathed life back into the blues. The blues was kind of a dead art. And, you know, Dan Aykroyd and, and John Belushi, let's give them credit. They say, hey, let's bring these people, Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, John Lee Hooker, you know, and the list goes on. And let's show these people how talented they are and and what depth their music has. So they really credit uh, Dan Aykroyd and John Belusi with with bringing those characters and putting the spotlight back on those artists. Mm -hmm. Have you ever met uh, uh, Aykroyd? Have you ever got to meet him? I haven't, but many people I work with have because he he has a um, it's an alcohol that he sponsors. I'm not sure. It might be a vodka, but uh, he he does signings with that. And like I said, he still performs with Jim Belushi, John's brother. So I do know many people who have who have met him. So before we leave this topic altogether, you've got to give me a little bit of Elwood. So how do you do that? You walk up and I've listened to it Mm -hmm. on video, but I got to hear this, man. Well, it's just like you'll start the show in the morning and the first song we do is Everybody Needs Somebody Love. So we're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here today. And remember that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive and survive in this world, some things do make us all the same, you know, and you just try to do the best (laughs) Chicago accent you have. And you sound, I mean, that's exactly what he sounded like. Well, we try, like I say, this, we take our craft very seriously. And, you know, it's the little stuff that people appreciate. You'll be surprised, you know, like in the movie when they say, you got my cheese cheese whiz boy you know there's that famous scene and it's just like so we have a bottle of cheese whiz up on the dash of the car so if, you know a guest shouts that at us we hold it up and, and they love the little stuff but the, i gotta the guests love us they love the outlaw character who's trying to redeem themselves now you've got all of these side uh roles that are played a sax player is like usually out there playing and it would be i believe important to note that everything that happens there it's it's a true 
live performance. So that guy's really playing that sax. No, uh, no lip syncing or pantomiming in parts, or and then you whip out the harmonica and you're playing blues harp. Yeah, I work with some of the most talented people you can imagine. Uh, you know, I have uh, musicians I work with who have played with all the blues legends, have played with Don Henley. I really have no business working with these people, but again, it's by grace uh, God has me there. So I work with some supremely talented people at Universal. I mean, I really, really do. Mm-hmm. I know you do, and it's so much fun. And in fact, uh, I am going to be visiting down there with my wife in just a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. We've got to line uh, line it up to be there when you're performing. That would be great. I mean, you you'd really being a musician yourself, you'll love the show. Oh, I've seen it. But uh, I, this time I get to see it knowing the guy that is Elwood. That's going to be a lot of fun. There's so much more to you, though. As I mentioned earlier, what you do, and this is the fun thing about, I believe, every believer, what they do in their business, it, it's, it's not the most important thing to us in what we do. That would certainly be true in my heart. The most important thing in my life is the fact that I, I know the Lord and that I'm privileged to ha- lead uh, my life in such a way. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to lead others along with me, just like what Paul would have said, you know, and uh, as he's teaching young Timothy to walk after. So that's something that we all get to do as believers. And that's really the thing that defines us, right? You know, the Lord has been ministering to me in this season of my life. You know, what you do is not near as important as who you are. And, you know, I feel in the body of Christ, we have a little bit of an identity crisis. You know, I'll hear a lot of believers say, you know, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace, or my my works are like filthy rags in front of the Lord. And I get where they're coming from. They're trying to come through a place of humility. But really, our identity is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin was made sin for us so that in him, talking about Jesus, we might be the righteousness of God. So that is our identity. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We always have to remember that, that our position in front of the throne is in Christ. I mean, when the Father looks at me, he really doesn't even see Eric. He sees Jesus and that perfection. And I feel that the more we have a revelation that we're the righteousness of God mm-hmm. in Christ, doesn't that empower us more to approach the throne of grace in our time of need? When we're going in front of the throne and knowing, hey, the Father sees me totally righteous, we're more apt to be bold in our prayers. And, and that, that communication with the Father just opens up more, the more we have that revelation. You know, there are so many people like you that I've come across. It's a surprising number how many believers are involved in the entertainment industry in Central Florida, particularly at Disney or at Universal. And when you when you hear something like what we've just heard come out of your mouth, I mean, that is so beautiful to my ears to realize you are doing what is going to be talked about at that expo. You're doing marketplace ministry. You're doing it in a, in a, a way as an entertainer. A lot of people may not think that is even possible, but yet you're doing it and you've done it all these years. Let's face it, I mean, God just not just does not need his people in church on Sunday. He needs his people out in the world. I mean, how is anybody, you know, the word talks about how is anybody going to know unless somebody comes and preaches? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't even think at work, I try to limit my words. I want people to know I'm a believer by how I carry myself, my attitude, my work ethic. I think we preach the gospel more by our actions yeah. than our words. So I, I know part of my assignment in this season 
with all due respect to everybody down there and works down there, no matter what they believe, to just go in there and be the light. So I know that is a huge part of my assignment. The Lord continues to remind me every day I go to work here, you're here for a reason in this season. I need you to be the light and show the love of Christ. I love that. I, there's an old quote, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get it exactly right, but it goes along these lines, preach the word, and if necessary, use use words. So we, we, we live the life. I, I, I don't know that. I, I've uh, not pulled it up exactly. But how we live and how we, how we walk our daily lives out really says so much more than just the words from our mouth. One of my favorite scriptures is you will know a tree by its fruit, you know, and it's like somebody, you can look at somebody and maybe they're saying all the right things and, and maybe, you know, they've got the Jesus bumper sticker and they wear a cross, but there's just something in your spirit that's just flickering and you're just like, I don't know, but you know a tree by its fruit. I mean, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit. Jesus said a bad tree cannot cannot produce good fruit. So I love that scripture and, mm-hmm. and I love that he's giving us that he's given us in First Corinthians chapter twelve, it talks about the gift of discerning of spirits. You know, I mean, like I said, there could be somebody up on the platform who they're saying all the right things, but in your spirit, I don't know, there's just something. And that is why God gave us that discerning of mm-hmm. spirits gift, a gift I believe that's on most of the time. So we can discern, is this person, is he speaking from the spirit of God or is it another spirit? Right. And, and that's an important chapter. Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. Wow. Uh, the, the gifts of the spirit are there for a real important purpose in our daily lives. And like you said earlier, Eric, I couldn't agree more. Our our, uh, experience with God is not to be limited to that uh, two-hour block on Sunday mornings. But on Monday morning, I I was privileged to be talking to a group last night at our church. And, you know, on Monday morning, here's what should happen. Church gets up and goes to work. For you, you get up and you go to Universal and you're going to be standing out, making people smile, making people laugh, giving them a good time. But the, but you are an example of the, the body of Christ walking out, doing the work and living your life for the Lord on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, every day of the week. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, on Sunday when we're in church, we get filled up. You know, we get filled up with the word, we get filled up with the spirit, we get filled up with power, and then during the week we go out and we spread that, you know, because you can't give what you don't have. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is, uh, you know, in First John, we love because he first loved mm-hmm. us. You know, you can't pour from an empty vessel. I mean, you cannot give your fellow man grace and love until you receive grace and love from God. You know, taking that one step further we cannot love people the way Jesus wants us to love people until we receive his love. And that's why I believe in this New Testament, um, you know, uh, grace we're under. It's so important to be good receivers of God's grace. Don't do anything until you receive because you can't give what you don't have. You can't. You can't export what's not already there in the heart. And uh, I love that verse. One of my go-to verses for that is out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we can't, uh, we can't speak just from our brain. It's going to come from our heart, and that's going to be where, where we really live, what's really important to our lives. Well, there's, so, you know, there's a lot of people who know the scriptures, and there's a lot of you know, scripture I know, but it doesn't become real till it kind of drops down into your mm-hmm. heart. You know, it can't be head knowledge. It has to be heart knowledge. I mean, the Bible is the living word. You know, the word talks about, you know, the word is alive, sharper than two, any two-edged sword, you know, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So the word 
is alive. It's not just words on a page. And so the word has to become alive to you. And that's why every time we read the word, you can see something new. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I read a scripture, it's like God will give me another revelation on that scripture and another because the word is alive and it's real and it's moving and it's flowing and and it differs for whatever season you are in. Now you're in a season in your life where God had you be born and you said in 1998, I believe it was, you auditioned for the role where you are in right now. You've seen, Eric, since 98, you've seen this technology kind of just grow and mushroom. I mean, back in 98, there wasn't such a thing as a podcast. And yet here we here we are living in a day to where they're just everywhere and you can find a podcast on just about any topic. Uh, and you're a podcaster yourself. So I, I would love to know at what point in uh, in your kind of walk with God did this idea of not only performing and living for the Lord in the way you are, but you you said, I, I want to become a, a podcaster, which is like a broadcaster. Yeah, it's, it's very much like you do. And I can remember where I was. I was in my kitchen making a salad for dinner for me and my wife, and I really felt the Lord put on my heart, start a Christian podcast. And at the time, I knew nothing about equipment, technology, but tech stuff these days is so easy. I mean, it's just like you buy your microphone. I have a Zoom recorder that you can hold in the palm of your hand. I edit the uh, the shows on Audacity, which is a free program, mm-hmm. and it's so user-friendly. And I have met so many cool people through this. You know, you're wondering, okay, is this me or is this, is this God? But the fruit of the last three years since I've been doing the podcast has proved to me this is God because he keeps bringing me amazing stories, testimonies, that's how I got hooked up with the chamber. Another thing about Crystal, I was looking for a guest for my podcast, and I'm, you know, surfing the internet, and I come across this person, oh, President Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce. Why not? And I cold emailed her, and we had some correspondence, and she came on the show. So one door leads to another. I interviewed her, and and now I just have all the resources of the chamber and the amazing people and businesses over there. So many cool people I've met and episodes I've done because of the chamber. Well, it really is fun. Now, do you put out one per week? Is that what you do or aim at something like that? Because of my work schedule, it's just very, very difficult sometimes. So my average uh, podcast uh, is about one a month. I'll mm-hmm. do about one a month. I just did a very cool episode. The name of the podcast is Where Grace Abounds. It's on every major uh, platform, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, you know, the whole nine yard. They have podcasts. I'm on there. And a gentleman named Ken Chin, and he just uh, contacted me out of Texas. And he had, uh, what happened to him was he had COVID and he was on the brink of death. In fact, the doctors had written him off and he just contacted me. He said, brother, I'm just a layman, but I got a healing testimony. I feel like the Lord wants me to give to encourage people who are going through health problems. And, you know, God brings me people like that. We had an amazing uh, podcast, what was really just him giving his testimony, because I'm telling, you know, maybe there's somebody out there who is struggling with healing today. And we just want to encourage, you know, God is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus just did not heal in biblical times. He still heals. And I've seen it in my own life. And I've seen it with this gentleman I just talked to. So uh, just, you know, if you're struggling with a health thing right now, just know God still heals and don't lose faith. I agree completely. And, you know, the whole thing that I'm hearing you say is so encouraging that it's what we do and who we know God to be in our lives. That really is so important. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to this gentleman and, you know, we were all just, you know, to throw in a a side comment, we were talking about how important it is to know the word of God. 
You know, and it's like if you're struggling with healing, you're not going to go study the Bible on prosperity. If you're struggling in your with healing right now in your body, study healing. And this gentleman was telling me, I really, you know, my my time that I I spent with the Lord in the morning and getting these healing scriptures into my head, they saved my life because when I was laying there dying, I didn't have a Bible app. You know, I had to know the Word of God. And you know, he was saying Romans eight eleven. Uh, such a great healing scripture, you know, mm-hmm. the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, and just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. So just, you know, and I could rattle on, you know, healing. I've always been very passionate about healing in the body of Christ, and uh, like, you know, we were talking, because man, you got to know the Word, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yep. You know, that's what Proverbs says. And he goes, when I was laying there, he goes, I had to speak life because the doctors were speaking death. They're like, there's nothing more we can do for you. You know, it, it's lights out. But he said, no, I rebuke that. And he goes, I'm going to speak life. You know, Psalm 118, verse 17, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Mm. Such an awesome healing scripture. It is awesome. Eric Floyd, my guest. We'll be back with Eric for one more segment. Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Turning 65 or already on Medicare? Have you tried to compare Medicare supplement plans? Are you sick and tired of the awful TV commercials where washed-up football players confuse you even more? Speak with a licensed independent insurance agent today. Call 407-965-4166 now. Or visit Affordable One Insurance in Winter Park, Florida, and discuss what is important for you. Be sure to ask us about dedicated senior medical centers. Back for one more segment with Eric Floyd, who is a professional entertainer at Universal. We've, uh, if you've just tuned in, uh, you'll have to uh, listen to the podcast or catch another replay of this program. Yeah, this man is a gifted dancer, singer, uh, entertainer. I mean, he does the whole thing. And we were talking about how hard he works. And if you've seen him in action, I can only imagine how hot and tired and sweaty you must be at the end of every performance. It's got to be crazy, right? It is. There's a reason I'm as thin as I am, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you keep the pounds kind of worked off, man. Uh, You're just out there moving constantly. And it, again, is a very entertaining program. They perform during the day at Universal. And you can look it up. It's the Blues Brother. Is it the Blues Brother show or yep, what? The Blues Brothers show and in the show map, when you walk into the park, our times are listed. We do five shows a day. Five shows a day. Yep. Yeah. And that means five changes of clothes a day for you, right? Amen. Especially in <laughs> August. Yeah. Amen. Because you wouldn't want to be wearing the same set <laughs> when you, for the next show. That might not work out too good. Oh, this is so much fun. Now there's, uh, again, we've, we've talked about the fact that you're a singer, dancer, entertainer. Uh, we're obviously you're a believer in the Lord. You have another interest though, that might catch people a little bit by surprise. You love horses, and in particular, thoroughbred horses. 
Yes. Tell us about that. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me speak about this. I'm a huge thoroughbred racing fan, and a lot of people on the surface, they might not equate those two things, but those are the two worlds I live in. And I love everything about thoroughbred racing, but what I'm really passionate about is the aftercare of the thoroughbred racehorse, making sure that when the horses come off the track and their career is done, that they're rehomed or, you know, given another chance at another career so they can live out the rest of their lives happy, healthy, well taken care of. So I wrote a book in 2019. I released a book in 2019 called Heaven's Premier Horse Race, and it's a thoroughbred horse racing novel. It's not a Christian book. It's a clean book. It's definitely G-rated. Um, but the proceeds from that book, I donate to an organization up in Lowell County, Florida. Now, in Lowell County, Florida, there is a prison up there called Lowell Correctional Institution. And Lowell Correctional Institution has a farm attached to it called Second Chance Farm. And Second Chance Farm has about 50 retired thoroughbred racehorses who live on that farm. So there's an equine program associated with the prison. Uh, like I said, Lowell is the largest woman's prison in the entire country. So the women who want to qualify for the equine program, they take care of these horses, they rehabilitate them, take care of them. And these ladies who are incarcerated, they can learn new life skills that can help them once they are released. And we talked a little bit about it off air. I'm so passionate about it because it doesn't just help horses. It helps women who need a second chance. And I think we can both agree we are all at points in our life sometime where we need a second chance. It's not necessarily a Christian program, but the farm manager up there, a gentleman named John Evans, an amazing man of God, he is a believer, and I had the chance to meet him back in March. And so, you know, he is a believer who oversees the farm, but I, I'm just so passionate about that program. And the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, who I'm a volunteer for, they have nine of these programs spread all over the country that teams up retired racehorses and inmates to give both these horses and inmates another chance. The latest farm they opened up was in New York, Attica uh, uh, area. So just so proud to be teamed up with the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and bringing more awareness of these programs into the Florida in this season. A lot of people up north may not realize just exactly how much like the bluegrass state with Lexington and Shelby County, Kentucky. That's where my wife is right now. Even as we speak, she's visiting family there. But that is bluegrass state. But they don't realize that Ocala and Lowell County, like you're talking about, it's really the horse capital of the South. And maybe, though some people would say, the horse capital of the world. I mean, Keeneland, the Keeneland yearling sale, the Keeneland two-year-old sale of horses, that what I would say is the dominant sale in the United States. But uh, I'm going to be up at the Thurbid Re with the Thurbid Retirement Foundation this coming Wednesday at OBS sales. That's the Ocala Breeder Sales. There's a yearling sale up there. We're going to be spreading awareness with the Florida Thurbid Charities. They're letting us team up with them. Uh, us, the uh, 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 Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. So we'll be giving literature there to the horsemen, making them aware of our programs. But the Ocala sales is no joke. I mean, I have seen horses go through the ring there. I saw a horse a couple years ago go through the ring there for $4 million. Wow. So they are not messing around. This is the sport of kings. It's the real deal. And they have an incredible product at OBS sales. And I am humbled and honored just to have any small piece of, you know, just relation with those people. When you look back at your life, what, what do you think it was that caused you to have this interest? 
You know, like I said, you know, after I, I went out of the Roman Catholic Church for a while, I'll be transparent. I became a big gambler. I really did. You know, the love of money was a problem, you know, and it's just that. And so I hooked on to paramutual wagering. That is a French term, which means wagering among ourselves. And that's how you wager on horse racing. It's not like you walk into a casino and you're wagering against the house. What happens at the track is everybody's money goes into a pot and then the track takes a percentage off of that pool and then the odds are um, formulated through the money that is left over in correlation to whatever horse mm -hmm. has been bet on. So I, I, I loved gambling on thoroughbred racing and so that's kind of how I, I came in and, and really fell in love with the sport. But it, it has transcended that now. Money means very little to me. The as I love every aspect of thoroughbred horse racing. Uh, the pageantry. I mean, the the Kentucky Derby is my national holiday. But I love the <laughs> thoroughbred athlete, and I am passionate about saving those horses. Horse racing has a very bad rap right now, and maybe you know so. But I want people out there to know there are some of us in there. We are trying to do what is right by these horses. We're trying to make their lives safe as can be. I mean, we love them like, you know, we love our own children or spouses. And so we are, you know, just bent on on saving these horses who have retired and giving them the best possible life. So that is really where my passion lies. It's really interesting how that uh, the Kentucky Derby is called the most, what is it, the most exciting uh, three minutes or two minutes. Yeah, it's, it takes two minutes for those uh, horses to go around that track, man. Yeah, it really is uh, a lot of fun. And what did you think about this year's race? That was particularly interesting. Yeah, Rich Strike uh, won the race. He was uh, 80 to 1, 81 to 1. He was the second longest <laughs> shot in derby history. I mean, I remember watching the race with my wife and I was like, oh, that's the two who won the race. And that was, a, and I'm like, no, the saddlecloth is 21. That's Rich Strike. The horse was, he was on the also eligible list. They only allow 20 horses in the Kentucky Derby, but a few more horses enter. So if the day's leading up to the Derby and there's a scratch, those also eligibles, they can fill in where another horse scratched. So Rich Strike wasn't even supposed to be mm -hmm. in that race. And then he he pulls the upset. And it was it was just it was a miracle. It was such a mythical story. And it just gave hope to the underdog out there because there's so many people out there listening, you know, you probably feel you're behind the eight ball and I'm, I'm an underdog, but Miracles still happen, guys, because if that horse could have won that race, anything can happen. Well, your love for these animals, is, it's certainly not lost on reason because they are beautiful. They're wonderful. I had an opportunity. You will like this. I went up with my father-in-law years ago, opened the door for me to be able to, because he knew some people that had a farm, a horse farm, and they had thoroughbreds on it, and they had a big corral and because I had kind of grow, I'd grown up around ponies and horses. I've been on horses a lot. They let me ride these thoroughbred horses. In fact, they said, now, do you like polo? I said, well, I've never done that before. But I got to go out there with this thoroughbred horse and play polo. You know, I tried to whack that ball with that mallet and I did it. It was so much fun. I couldn't believe it. It was just a great time. I can't imagine how much dexterity that would take. Oh, but you, I've told you, I'm terribly, I'm terribly uncoordinated. And yet I did. So you could do it easily, man. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> just going back to, you know, the thoroughbred athlete, when you're up close to them and the muscle, you know, there's not an ounce of body fat on them and they have the beautiful eyes oh. and they're just the most beautiful animal in the world. And it was a lot of fun. And they're tall. They're yeah. Very big animals. And so that was that was something I'll never forget. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
there's a reason Jesus is coming back on a white horse. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good way to kind of wrap that up. That's great. Uh, this whole thing that you're doing, you mentioned this book. Uh, and that's something that's still available. So you said proceeds are still coming from that book to help this organization. Yeah, the name of the book is Heaven's Premier Horse Rates. It's avail- available on Amazon, hardcover, uh, Kindle. And like I say, all profits from that book go to help the re- uh, uh, Second Chance Farm at Lowell Correctional Institution in Lowell, Florida. So we're just continuing to try to uh, raise awareness for that organization. because It's just doing so much good for these people who are really trying to get their lives back together. It's really fun, Eric, to get to talk to you today. You are an example, as are many whose life has been radically affected, changed by the gospel. I, you know, to hear what you came from, to hear what you went through, and now to see what God's using you to do. It's really exciting. And I just commend you for your faithfulness to the Lord and to the mission that he's called you to. Well, I, I humbly receive that, and I want to thank you because it takes a great amount of courage to put your faith out there, and this is something you do nationwide, and so thank you for what you're doing, and I couldn't have been more honored to be here today. Well, it's really great to have you. Before you go, we got to go back and, and visit one more time all of the fun things that are going to be going on this coming Thursday and Friday. Eric is part of the uh, group of people that will be on the expo floor, and this is something that we really do encourage people. It's a great way. Way to find out what is going on in Central Florida, the U.S. Christian Chamber really had its roots in the Central Florida Christian Chamber, and there are a lot of business people that might not even know that such a fellowship is out there. This would be a great way to get kind of in, uh, acquainted with what's going on here in Central Florida. Absolutely. I mean, if you're a Christian business leader, if you're in Christian business, if you're just a Christian who's working in a secular business, this is such a good opportunity to meet with other Christians in business, do Christian commerce. Again, we said it at the top of the program, First Baptist on the 14th. That's a Friday, October 14th. The expo floor is going to be free to the public. Now, there's going to be speakers there. Their uh, speaker lineup, it's going to be the seven pillars of wisdom. I mean, Lou Holtz is going to be one yeah, of the speakers. Yeah, right. There you go. I mean, um, this is like serious business. I mean, it, it, unbelievable the lineup they have there. But if you want to get tickets to see the speakers like Lou Holtz, just go to uschristianchamber.com. And it is very, very affordable, believe me. And the pastor, the real pastor, well, Jason Noble, I think is his name, from the uh, Breakthrough movie, he's going to be there, and he'll be. He has an amazing testimony as well. Yeah, uh, the story backstory there is Fox made a uh, made a movie about it. A young uh, gentleman fell through the ice. He basically was dead, and then at the hospital, his mother came in, spoke the word healing over him in Jesus' name, and he she, he basically came back to life. I think he's married now. He, yeah, it's what a story. Yeah, and so it's just such an encouragement again. Um, but he was the real-life pastor, Jason Noble, who witnessed all this. He's going to be at the Expo, so you can connect with him. And just another, like we said earlier in the program, Jesus still heals today. He does. It's so great to have had you here, Eric. Thank you once again, and thank you for your kind words a little earlier. Uh, Regarding what you do at Universal, people can uh, look for the Blues Brothers show and go out and see this big, tall, six-foot-four, amazingly talented guy out there dancing and sweating just a little bit. Uh, You'll be glad you took the time to stand and watch because they are a lot of fun. Thank you for coming by today. Thank you so much, Mike. God bless you, my man. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike.